One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. See, I can't do it. I can't talk like Julia. Today's guest on Going Off Track is Julia Chanetska. She was the host of Uranium. She did a show called Metal Asylum. She has worked on Fuse at uh, Fuse's Top 20 Countdown. She works on the Mayhem Festival. She has a metal tour called Slave to the Metal. The girl personifies heavy metal, and she is young. She's been doing this since she was 18. Uh, Steven, Brad, and Jonah here. Mike is on assignment in the Ukraine. Uh, he's looking for uh, where we think Noah's Ark actually landed. I'm pretty sure it's near Estonia. He'll be back with a full report later. Uh, Julia has too many stories for me to get into. Yes, and you guys hosted some shows together. We did a bunch of work together. I love hosting with Julia. I, outside of Jared Cotter, Julia is my favorite person to host with because she would inevitably screw something up. And then I would correct her and she would punch me in the groin. <laughs> and you like that. Two of my favorites. One, she was reading on the teleprompter a homage de fromage. She read it as homage de fromage. Didn't know any different. I started laughing. She punched me. Uh, at one point, Rob Zombie did a, a weird cover of Brick House by the Commodores. No way. And she said, written by uh, Lionel Richie. And I just, I went ballistic on her. I went, seriously? You can't know Lionel Richie? And she was like, shut up. I'm an immigrant. And I was like, you moved here when you were six. You know it was Lionel Richie. Genius. So Julia's going to be telling some uh, tales like that. Um, she like, there, there's a fun story about her that we didn't talk about where um, she was interviewing Phil Anselmo from, of course, Pantera, Superjoint, Down. And uh, he wanted people to stage dive and she was at the front of the stage he apparently started it by pushing her off <laughs> i forgot to ask her about that it's a funny story but uh i don't i don't know that i would actually go near phil anselmo i think i'd be kind of scared to do so um my roommate nick who uh Shot did our photos pictures, for yes. our website uh was down at the scion fest and and met him uh a couple weeks ago and said he was super friendly, really nice, like totally cool. All right. Okay, so. good. So the persona that I have in my head is actually friendlier. That's I kind of fear metal. I mean, I do like metal bands. There's certain bands that I – but I think that you reach a point in metal that you stop. Like when I was in school, it was like Metallica and Justice for All and Anthrax Among the Living. And I kind of ended there. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with like Iron Maiden, Priest and things like that. And there's a whole world that opened up afterwards that you know grind core and everything split off but i don't know i don't gravitate towards it maybe i should open up what was that band you said i should listen to in flames yes okay yeah, in flames all right they're great brad where do you stop with metal where do i stop with it did I you mean, ever I start actually, <laughs> yeah i've never really been a huge metal fan i've mm -hmm. always been you know on the periphery and 
enjoyed it yeah, as a kick. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like hardcore. Once you start getting laid. So you liked kicks. You were fine. Well, it depends. <laughs> like this band whose shirt I'm wearing, Russian Circles, uh-huh. um, from Chicago, they're like an instrumental metal band, but it's really progressive. So they have heavy stuff, but then they'll have like explosions in the sky, kind of like ah. like ambient. And that, to me, is the most engaging because it makes the heavier parts heavy and they're really right. tight, but it's also really musical. Remember when like doom metal was a thing when that came yeah, out totally. a while ago? Like, I think, what was it? been like doom writers and... Doom Riders is uh, Nate from Converge. Okay. Yeah, but they're really good. I've seen them a few times. Right on. Well, Julia's seen a lot of metal bands, and if you're seeing a metal band right now, look around. Julia's probably there. Yep. It's going on track! I'll punch you if you did, though. (laughs) (laughs) You know it. You've done it. (laughs) Several times. Well, you know what I was just thinking about? I was sitting on the train and kind of like flashing back to our uh, career and and, uh, friendship together. Yes. And I realized, comparingly, how normal I am now to then and that you were around for that time. Yes. And then I started remembering some of the things that went down. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying. It's really rather hilarious. I was going to say, some of that might come up. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's fine. No, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Um What time as long as we don't talk about anything that'll get me fired, I'm good to go. <laughs> no, no, nothing. Well, we all fired. we we all get fired from Fuse eventually at some point. Yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. Let me see. Oh. The Ride of Frankenstein. Oh yeah, Mr. Monster, um, creature from the Mike Lagoon on the elbow. It's still all a work in progress, but it takes a while. She's lovely. Paul Booth would have done that in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Paul Booth would have one he's sitting. Fast, he's not a fast worker. But he showed me this dude, that this piece that he did on this dude. It's, it's a big guy, and it's from here to here, and mm-hmm. it's basically like dragons swirling around his chest with um, octopuses, and his nipples are like part of the tentacles because like that he forms your body to whatever the tattoo is. Right. And there's like all this shit like going on in this dude's gut, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nuts. <laughs> and, like, he does all, like, incredible crazy stuff. White filigree and with like yeah. white ink, which is just, like the didn't big wanna, needle. Didn't and, the dudes yeah. in Mudvayne. Say I want a chest tattoo. Do whatever you want. I think a lot. A bunch of, of them say did that. that. Yeah. That's really what the <clears throat> just band... go like do whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, go to town. Especially bands because he only tattoos bands that he likes. So right. they're like whatever your inspiration is of my shit. Yeah. The day I did it, he'd be like, "I'm really into boners today. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to do a huge skull eating boner." <laughs> he told me I never knew this, that that's yeah. like a like a tattooer's like. <clears throat> Fuck you, like to hide. Like if, you, if tattoo artists don't like somebody, like oh, they'll somehow hide like a dick image in the tattoo. <laughs> I've seen it. Um, what's the dude in? Um, I was like, are you serious? Shit, they could I can't so remember the band. Do that anywhere. There was there's a band. So I'm on Warp Tour, and he <laughs> did he know what? Did he know what he had? He <laughs> figured it out. Uh, he had, it was like a, a tro- it was it was a, it was a tropical scene and it was a uh, he had like a, a, a palm cock. a palm tree <laughs> and the guy put like two coconuts next to a banana absolutely and, and yes, put, it, put a cock it's on hilarious. it hilarious it's hilarious I find very very amusing uh, to go from put a cock on it I think it's a perfect time to introduce our guest today uh, I knew her as Julia she became Mistress Julia. Uh, when we met, you were hosting Uranium on Fuse. You were still at Fuse hosting Top 20. And you started out there at the ripe old age of 18. 19. 19. Way older. Oh, way, yeah, way older. 19. 
and you were the first host on the channel because people just kept voting you on. How did that work? What was the show again? Uh, there was a show called Tastemakers where you kind of talked about the music that you like once a week and then people online would go and kind of vote you on or off as a representative of that scene. And I was talking about metal and I think um, a lot of people responded. I think there wasn't any television representation of metal at the time. Headbangers Ball had been canceled for a while. So people just really responded. And at the time, Fuse was at the beginning and or much music USA should say it was just at the beginning and they had money and they wanted to create content and they were like okay you got a following so uh, here's a budget do a show now (laughs) I don't know I mean luckily the podcast is listed as explicit so people know what they're getting into but just if you don't um, Julia by her own admission has calmed down you said but there are some fun stories (laughs) and I'm going to begin with how we met and I want to see if you recall this incident. I was auditioning. I know exactly what you're going to tell. And too. I had like one audition. And then for the second audition, you had to go meet Julia because we were going to work together. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and we went. It was like kind of a chemistry thing. And so it was myself, Julia, a couple other people. And we went and sat in the back and just talked. And your topic of discussion was to go into graphic detail about how you got your clit pierced. <laughs> and I think you were still 19. And I remember, and I had just turned 30, and I, I was just sitting there going, right on. And and it wasn't just talking. There was gestures. And you're like, don't remember that. I thought you were going to tell a you're like, story. You're like, you grab this, and he pulls back. And then what he does, he clamps this thing over, and I was going, nice to meet you. And Why I did just, I start with that? Like, what triggered that? I don't know. Was it like, a, like, well, it had to be something to get me started. It was most likely me going, "What else you got?" That's pro- of course, it was that's probably what I'm saying. It. it was probably like, "What other hardware do you have?" And that's so typical of you to ask. And it's you know, if you ask me, I'm going to typically tell you these days. I wouldn't go graphically into a discussion of how a clitoris gets pierced, but I think I found it very fascinating at the time because I only had it for like four years. Yeah, I still it, wasn't over it. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got this thing. I believe it was a cuff. I think if I'm correct, a or, cuff? A, or a hood or something or what you call it something <laughs> the, different. Well, it's the triangle. Ah, yes. Yes. The triangle. (laughs) I want to hear the story that you thought Stephen was going to tell. (laughs) Oh, no. I just, I I remember like abusing him during our, like we had to be on camera together, as he was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to see, there's a, there's a few people, because I was there already, there was a few people they narrowed down to. So they wanted to see them on camera with me to see how we, whatever. And I remember thinking that he was really cute, so I had to kind of, like, pick on him. And I, I just remember, I think I slapped you in the dick for the first yeah, time you that pun- day. that day you punched me in the nuts. Yes, yeah. I remember that. That's the story <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about. Yeah, I guess I blocked that one out. <laughs> but, no, yeah, but, but there, there are so yeah. many incidences of you punching me in the groin. But we have to say, we have to say that there's, like, mad love. You know what I'm saying? It was, never, it was never hostile. It was just more... Most fun I've ever had on television working with this young lady here. Anytime we hosted something, it was too much fun. And they would alternate hosts around for this show. And when it was you and I together, I looked forward to it. It was just so ridiculously fun. Well, we have we have like a different type of sarcasm, but we totally understand each other's sarcasm and totally like like dig it. So it, it, it works out. It was, it was great. Now, I want to hear, you used to always say if you couldn't pronounce something, you would go immediately to, I'm an immigrant. 
Oh, I still do that. Okay. Not that often anymore <laughs> yeah. because I try to learn how to pronounce things better. Well, I mean, you you speak, what, three languages or? Just two. Just two. But you speak. And the language you... of love, if that counts. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. The international language. Uh, language. Now, originally from Ukraine, right? Yes. So we're not born there. And then how old were you when you moved over here? I was seven. Okay. We immigrated through Austria and then through Italy and then got here to lovely Brooklyn. Brooklyn and house. Yeah, when you're an immigrant, I think you have to come to Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. That's the rule because they don't let you on the island. Um, <laughs> That's where my mom came. Who could afford to live on the island and they won't give us housing? So. Well, your mom's from where? She, Italy. She came to Brooklyn. Oh, right yeah. on. Yeah. Huh. 16. When? when she was 16, I guess. Yeah, yeah Mike's, Mike's full on Italian. Yeah, whoever, well, lots of people had sex with my ancestors. I don't know who, you know. <laughs> they might not have been Italian. I don't know. But yeah, my parents are from. Is that on like Ancestry.com? I went on it. Yeah. And they were like, most people from different ethnicities had sex with your ancestors. I was like, oh, all right. But yeah, they're from Italy. <laughs> it's like, is there a whore tab over here that we had to click? That's obnoxious. My dad's fan came over earlier, though. Like, they're like a generation earlier. My mom, you know. They came over when she was a teenager. She had to, like, learn English in high school. So English was yeah. literally your second language, right? Yes. And um, I had a really hard time with it at first, but then, you know, you're a kid, you pick it up. But I had a really hard time in school. Yeah. My mom actually explains it, too. She said, like, it's a really harsh-sounding language when you, you know, I was asking her, like, how was it learning English in school? She was like, it was, it was difficult. Like, it's, like, it's very, especially when you come, you know from a whole different place well romance like, languages roll off your tongue com- completely and she's like English sounds very different harsh language. it's like yeah sucks yeah <laughs> it really does it's a stupid language phone is spelled with a P that's just dumb <laughs> see that's what my parents are like they don't understand because we have like 36 letters in our alphabet so they're you know there's more that's just 10 too many <laughs> well, there's a soft sign and a hard sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> um, but but the point is, like, there's no there's no such thing in Russian where you would form two letters to make a sound. Really, to make one sound. Like, there's a sound per. It is annoying. There's actually a push on now from people to like make English basically just like phonetic because it doesn't make any sense. Why we? It, it basically makes it harder to learn for not only people's second language but for kids. Yeah. Like why do you have to learn all these rules that make no sense and there's no reason other than I'm pretentious and I'm Right, somebody play. made them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like adding a vowel on the end of a word like home. Like it just seems you know, yeah. The, the well, e well, you have to have some kind of sign. That well, no, because the idea is to reduce. The idea would be to reduce because you change the alphabet too, and you would actually reduce the number of consonants and increase the number of vowels. Because there's repetitive consonants. I mean, yeah. you don't need to, you know, like C and a K, and 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 there's all these. It's pretty. Cool. It's pretty interesting, and I wish I could be smarter about it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, phone is a great example. Like that's just stupid. Yeah, there's no reason for that. When I, when I was a substitute teacher in California and I would work with these kids and try to explain to them, like, why, why is it spelled this way? They're like, well, tell us the reason. I'm like, I have no idea. It's <laughs> exactly. just dumb. Math is way easier to teach. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, two uh, plus two is four. Don't you get it? Look, yeah. Count it. F- figure it out. Well, I took French in high school and I couldn't. They'd be like, the phone is male. Like, like everything's male or female, but like objects. It's so weird. Yeah, They're like, stapler's yeah. a girl. And you're like, what? Russians huh? have that too. Yeah, really? yeah there's a feminine yeah. ending or a masculine ending. Yeah, Spanish too. And how do you just, like, how does, what's, like, that's so crazy decides? to me. It yeah. d- well, it depends <laughs> on the content of the question, you know? Or, I mean, rather, of the statement that you're making. Whether it would be 
don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was actually thinking. I was. Just I mean, I to get it because like, it's like that in Russian too towards certain things. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know how to explain Germans, it. Though. Germans that way, but German is just complex to be complex. It's just very German. There's like four different cases and different possessives. Yeah, but I don't know. If you want to learn like any language, they say learn German first, and then everything else will be the street easy. signs. There are like 34 letters. Like everything's strassen. There's all sorts of dots and shit. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I I feel like German is fully makes up words like that. Just sound like like I mean, sound like German. Well, yeah. No, <laughs> I guess I'm saying it wrong. I've I've learned German strictly only through listening to like Rammstein songs. So it's like. There's like a flamen is like flame. And I'm like, hey, (laughs) come on. And it's all you only learn how to say things like, you know, would you like to see your bed in flames from, you know, Rammstein songs? It's like, you know. Volt ihr das Bett in Flammen sehen? It's like, would you like to see your bed in flames? Yes, that is true. And you end with with the verb. Yeah. Yeah. uh. But I don't know. I couldn't really have a full conversation with anybody because I only know how to say like. Yeah, burn, that's not a good conversation starter. Let me tell you. That would be amazing. But also, Rammstein is like Ramstone. Like, Rammstein's okay. a city. Uh, the name it said. Tran- well, I don't know. I think yeah. that, I- well, Stein is 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 stone, because when I went to school in German Germany, I I <laughs> instead of uh, kick me, I wrote throw a stone at me in German, and I stuck it on the back of some kids because uh, I'm an asshole. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, I like ripped it off from a Calvin and Hobbes thing. Said heave a stone at me. So that would be funny to. Uh, verifying oh, verify Stein by mirror. It really it loses it. <laughs> it, it, it. It loses the effect when it's this giant sheet. Because you know you can't just write "kick me" in German. You have to write this whole long. <laughs> it's, a it's completely paragraph. obnoxious. I don't know. I just feel like German is easier to understand through Rammstein. Asha zu Asha. Ashes to ashes. I got it. <laughs> I got it, dude. I can go there. I can at least say that. And be like, what's well, up? Well, you yeah. could definitely have a conversation with them. I would only say stuff that weird everybody out there. Exactly. Now, now here's a fun fact about julia is that so you move over here fresh off the boat learning english mm-hmm. at some point in your f- first few years here uh you became a ballroom dancer well i started ballroom dancing in russia i did not know that fact yeah it's like a very um it's a very common russian activity for a female mm-hmm. for a female child just as ice skating or gymnastics yeah um, so I started ballroom dancing there at six, you know, and then when I came here, my parents were busy working two jobs each and they weren't around, so they wanted to occupy me. So they sent me right back to dancing again. And I really loved it, you know, for a long time. And I didn't until I was 15 or 16 and I competed. You know, one of, you know, one of the dudes on dancing in the stars with the stars, right? Max Chermikovsky. Yeah. Did you ever dance with that guy? Actually, I interviewed him on one of my Fuse shows and danced with him on Fuse, but never danced with him outside of Fuse, although we had the same dance t-shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just love the Different fact. Different classes, though. He was way... Love the fact, you know, you're sitting here, you have you had the Uranium, which was a show that pretty much redefined metal. You've got Paul Booth tattoos all over and Ballroom Dancer. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's a gorgeous facet. I like to dance. Have you, have you, have you ever danced again since or... Um, no, I mean, I like to go to goth clubs and, you know, twirl bust, a little bit, bust, pull, some, bust pull, some goth moves, but, um, pull the gothic taffy, <laughs> No, I've, pull I've, the gothic taffy, walk back step, walk forward step, taffy pull. <laughs> I've seen cure That's videos. Hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's it, right? Step Well, there's two, that stop. one. And then there's like the industrial moves, which are more like more aggressive, but you know, we can talk about that later. But no, I never went back to dancing. I've always wanted to and actually recently um, have been thinking about it just for the uh, 
objective of fitness. Um, but it's weird because I competed and, and I was in a certain level. And when you grow older, like your body doesn't move the same way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you start at like zero level when you competed nationwide and had a few medals. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't there's, think there's so. There's been a push for years to include ballroom dancing in the Olympics because it is so physically strenuous. Super physical. People don't realize how hard it is that it's all – I used to date a swing dance instructor and it's all literally like – Ooh, that must have been fun. Yeah. Um, it was <laughs> uh, fun until she went crazy. Um, I was told that you know what, that when, and I was told this way in dancing that the guy is supposed to like you're trying to pull the girl you know, closer, and the girl's going no 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 you know so it's always tension you yeah. know to make the moves cool, especially so. through the frame of your arms. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know. That's fantastic stuff. And then and people also realize how hard it is. Like you know you watch the salsa dancers, then you're like I'll figure this out. Wait, this isn't even a four count. What God, this is difficult as hell yeah man. very painful and swing dance is very easy anybody can do that but Says not many people can't but you know what i think the art of swing dance is, is to look like you're light on your feet not like you're stomping around and i always had a hard time with that like because I, I step hard and like that's why for me i don't think i look very like as good doing swing or that or or any of that kind of stuff as I did when I did like cha-cha or stuff like that because that's more of like beating out mm-hmm. like steps on the floor versus kind of like being bouncy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I'm like, oh, stop, no. Keep <laughs> I don't want to bounce around. No, no. Dad, ground, you're very grounded. <laughs> There's nothing that makes me more uncomfortable than dancing. Like anywhere, if at a wedding or something, really? if someone pulls me out on the dance floor and they're like, hey, let's fast mm-hmm. dance. And I'm like, I can't, please, God. I'd rather like just drop my like, whiskey. Like, anything. <laughs> like I'll do whatever, anything else, please, please. Like I feel, I, it's, it's so weird. I feel like it's one of those things I just like, someone was supposed to teach me at some point and, and no, no one, one ever did. did. And yeah. I'm like, wait, everyone else knows how to do this, but I feel I just awkward and weird. And we're like musicians. Like we have rhythm, obviously, but it's like, I just don't, I don't feel right. Well, you're guitar players. That's suspect. I guess it's different. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable. Dude, somebody pulled me. We just had the, uh, I work at Fuse, by the way. <laughs> so we were just For at real? that, yeah, that, um, at the MSG party. We all got dragged, like the big Christmas party thing. Yeah, stop uh, by. It was somebody awful. actually pulled me into the middle of the electric slide there. Oh, yeah, that's and what I And I was left. mortified and I actually fucked it up. Like, I was like, dude, there's somebody showing you how to do it as they're doing it. And I still Aww. fucked it up. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. Oh yeah! I'm sorry. Be like the hustle. I could, dude. There was three women trying to turn me and like move me in the you direction. You just froze up. You panicked. It's okay. I panicked. It's yeah. okay. It was a it's full. Okay. It was a. It was stressful. Absolutely, was that's that a fucking stressful situation. It was a highly stressful <laughs> situation. Indeed. What do you do at Fuse? I produce on the Hoppa Show. I've been at Fuse though for like years. I mean, I worked. I've at never that's seen you we, ever. Yeah, I'm, they keep me hidden. Ever. Mike, Mike also Isn't that hides. Weird? Well, he was the, well, Mike was the last producer when we did the Untitled Rock Show three years ago. He did yeah. like a. Wow. I also changed. Uh, like so I, close yet so far. Yeah. He yeah, used to I be know. a woman, too. Yeah, I looked yeah. different. I used to have huge tits. <laughs> <This show. laughs> Aww. Yeah, it was different. He, he kept them. I, uh, <laughs> I, um, That's a Paul Booth situation right there. I, I, the look has changed over the years, probably. We may have run into each other, but it's like, you know. When I was, I mean, again, it's also studio situations. We were in it. We were moved into different weird studios. And well, hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll run into each other now. Now that we know. Yes. Got it. Now, through Fuse, you started doing this. Do you still do the the Slave to the Metal shows? No, those um, ended in September. Okay. 
They did good for a while, and then it kind of died out along. Can you explain with the what, this, what this was? Because there was a show on Fuse called Slave to the Metal. Oh, that, that was a whole. Without, but that didn't air. But then you took the name and did something else with it. I did a com- completely. So I just own the name. Yeah. So um, the show on Fuse was a really weird kind of funny advice show but um yeah you sat in a bed with bands and people would call in no, yes yeah well look whatever this is a mm-hmm. different conversation um no so it's you- not you sat in a bed with bands <laughs> and people and would it was call. a beautiful bed it was a very okay so the bed. whole thing was it was an advice show which started as just an advice show where people would call about anything but it immediately turned into a sex advice show which was very, very funny because a lot of the questions that people would write in, like people of different ages would write in. And when there weren't enough people to write in, my producer, Jason Haidkin, would write them. And that was the funniest. But, um, you know, the, the theme was this was this kind of like boudoir bedroom, very 1940s. And I was dressed very 1940s because I'm really into that pinup, you know, era or whatever. So I was always in corsets and the whole thing. So it was very theatric in that element. But there was all these uh, like whips and and you know restraints and um bondage stuff around because uh i've been nicknamed mistress and i I like that stuff personally and you know if if any fetish that would be my fetish so immediately things turned to sex and but and so we would play videos that kind of corresponded with the humorous sex question so it wasn't i don't know i don't know i'm kind of babbling Oh, dude, this is the whole point. This is great. So the show didn't air, which was kind of a drag because you guys shot a lot of episodes. And then you took the name. It did air. Two season airs. No, I'm sorry. One season aired. And then we shot a second season that never aired and that they have in the vault and they won't. That was the big beef that we had. They wouldn't give it to me even though I own the name. But they couldn't air it because... We didn't have a contract, and they didn't like pay me separate for that. But it was uh, their union people, so they would. Uh, yeah, oh, it was bobbing through it. It was silliness. Um, I see. Shoot, I didn't know it aired at all. Okay, so that makes sense. But then you took the name and transformed it into something completely different. Yeah, we did a tour. This guy, um, this promoter and booking agent friend of mine from Ohio, um, got together, and he would put on these shows in different cities where all local bands would play, um, and we used to do it every weekend in a different city for bands that, you know, never really get a chance to play whatsoever, even the local clubs and they have their own scene and where they want to build their scene or, you know, meet other bands or get other fans. They don't really have that opportunity. So we would put on these shows and I did that for a long time. I would host them and kind of travel all over the U.S. and do that. Yeah, you were constantly flying like every weekend you would take off. Yeah. Well, I also had a lot of debt to pay. Did you get that sorted out? Oh, yeah. Right on. No, so, I'm not going to ask. I think you know. I do know. Yeah, so there you go. Do you want everyone to know? Oh, I had a crazy ex-boyfriend that I trusted that left me with 20 grand worth of debt. Mm. And then I had to pay it off. <laughs> you, you can pick them. This is true. You know, this you know, is true. I, I, have, I have no argument to that. I have yeah. no argument to that. You know what I love about you is, is uh, you know, Mistress Julia, you know, S&M fetish, heavy metal, like all these crazy, you know, sex advice. And you were like the most devoted monogamous person ever. It's true. Like, like, like when you date someone, you date hard. I'm like, severe. horse blinders are on. Yeah. And like that, that's it. There's nothing, no yeah. chicanery, you know. No. It's great. It's great, I think, to have that persona. But I think that's why it's worked out for me like, in my business for a long time. Like anybody could like, I mean, yes, people could say girl like, see, I fucked up and I've seen her fall down the stairs. This has happened. But nobody's going to be like, that girl's a slut. Like, yeah, no one's ever going to be like, true. she got in a fight with a mannequin. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Yeah. 
I feel like this is, I mean, I'm going to be just turning 30 in two months. I feel like I'm, the rose has begun. <laughs> I mean, this, this, I've been thinking a lot about it. I'm like, do I bring it up? I have to bring it up because the story, because I was there for the aftermath and the story is too obnoxious not to tell. Um, all right. Well, let me rephrase. Got into a fight with a mannequin. <laughs> not just any, like knock down, drag out, right? Well, my, it was, I had to be like taken away because I was fucking pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hallucinate that it was, it, it was just, I just, while I was, okay, so <clears throat> let me start. It was, I think, New Year's 2003, me and a bunch of my, my ex, my boyfriend at the time, a bunch of my friends went to this huge warehouse party somewhere around here. And, you know, a lot of toxins were involved, naturally, and a lot of alcohol on top of the toxins. And, you know, we walked in and there was these, there are a few of these mannequins that are kind of meant for fighting, like rubber mannequins that you like would pra- practice, you know, kind of kickboxing or whatever on. So I'm standing there and I go to my friend and like my boyfriend's off mingling with some some whatever and I'm just kind of bored staring at this thing and I go to my friend I'm like listen I, nobody's ever taught me how to punch like I need to know how to throw a punch you know like I need to know what's up so he shows me how to throw a punch and I was like all right cool once again I'm heavily intoxicated just you know I'm just saying keep in mind so I'm like I start you know no gloves nothing just punching this mannequin and um, practicing and practicing and practicing and then this girl comes up to me and she's like miss you know you're bleeding and so and then i got fucking pissed off because it's like really motherfucker so then i kept punching the mannequin so i I started just fucking beating on this mannequin and there was just like blood all over this thing my boyfriend (laughs) finally finds me like freaks out because my knuckles are just like destroyed and i'm still like i don't feel shit i'm furious this motherfucking mannequin just made me bleed so my boyfriend washed my hands and he's like babe look you know just just chill out sit here you know here's a beer just settle down you know and i'm like sitting there i'm like i know what i'm gonna do i find my leather gloves because it's new year's put them fuckers on and i go back to beating this mannequin and then we had to leave that's the story. And then I walked into Fuse with my hands completely opened up and just like gross. And my I remember the, the hands specifically. Went bad shit and sent me to the doctor it, to get like. It, it looked like you were wearing gloves and you weren't. Her hands were purple from fingertips to wrist. So the so the punchline is that the mannequin won is what you're saying <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> wow, you just brought up some pain. Dude. I know where that mannequin is, by the way, because <laughs> it was around here. Oh, you know God. what gets me about the whole story is like I'm, I'm in, I was I was waiting for you to tell it, but right in the middle of it, you said something that that amazes me. So it was New Year's, so I had my leather gloves. I've experienced many New Years in my life. I didn't know that was a thing. Like you have to have leather gloves on a New Year. Was that like? Oh no, because it was cold outside, and my hands, you know, my hands get really cold. Now <laughs> my hand is going like fetishy S and M. Like why leather gloves? Like what's going on? I imagine fighting gloves, the ones that have like the actual like. Protective wow, gear. look at yeah, all I those, just thought you carried look at them. all these yeah. thoughts. I wasn't I just... even going to ask. I was like, she got them. She carried she pulls them. out her actual boxing gloves. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for you, <laughs> mannequin. <laughs> just in case she has them. You ever well, see one again? You're like, let's go. I say leather gloves because I wouldn't wear any other kind of gloves. All right. They are comfy. Well, they are leather. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you wear anything else? Um, the thing I liked most about uranium was it created a genre, I think, of music. And for those of you who never saw uranium, it was an incredible metal show. It was shot in a really interesting way. Um, did you know there's footage of you I saw on VH1 Classic? 
What? Yes. How is that possible? They did a behind the music anthrax. And I was in there somewhere? And they showed you in there. And I was like, this is odd. Oh, because I interviewed them for their DVD. So they were probably showing a piece of the DVD. That was the DVD. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought it was for the, I thought they'd like snake some fuse stuff and which made me laugh at the time. Uh, that would be funny. That would be very funny. But yeah, so like that blew my mind, you know? And so that was, uh, so I thought that was uranium. That was their DVD. That was their DVD. Yeah, they asked me to do interviews for their DVD. Because you would do this thing on the show where you would do all the interviews, but in your right hand was, uh, you know, a handheld. Yep. And you would look at that, and you would look back. That was like I'm, my I'm demonstrating, point listeners. <laughs> I just turned my head to the right, back to the mic. Perhaps you envisioned it or inferred. Now he's put his hands back down his pants. <laughs> They've always they been wrong. <laughs> oh, and now I'm putting my hands down Mike's pants. Wait, what? Listen, We're all married. Um, so it's, it's okay. Um, but, uh, uranium, they would do, you would do interviews in between. It was very produced. It was always in the field, you know, never had a, a studio, nope. right? No, nope. Always out there. Always out there. But there were bands that I would consider uranium bands. Like they just played on that show that were, you know, metal bands, but it just really developed a whole genre. Did you come up with the name? Um, I came up with the name with, it wasn't just me. We were, it was me and this company, Heavy Incorporated, that I was working at where I got introduced to Much Music USA because I was working for Heavy. And, you know, Heavy was the, – the two owners of Heavy were very supportive of my career. And so they got really excited when I got the show. What did you and, do at Heavy again? Well, I, I started out modeling for them for their – they used to do these um, – photo sketches and also you know kind of like fake mu- like mock music videos like making fun of band, uh you know like artists or whatever so that's how we met i got hot i got booked on a gig through a modeling agency for them then i started doing photo shoots for them then i was like guys i need a job can i be your receptionist and became their receptionist and it was just this crazy motion animation graphics design studio where i could dress in my silly insanity so it was awesome i heard a story of somebody who worked there that said julia was Always at her best when she needed to get stuff to be FedExed. And would tell this story about you would walk on the office going, Fuck, the FedEx guy's here. Bring his shit over. That's exactly how it went. Mm-hmm. Was this uh, West 38th Street? Yes. I, I worked in a studio downstairs from that place. I went to a couple parties at Heavy. Oh. Just some sick parties. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, it was the kind of place where people smoked weed in the office, not during the day hours, but whenever else. And like at the end of the day, my boss would be like, Jules, come roll me a joint if you want. We could do this, you know, do this, whatever. Right. Uh, and it was great. It was great. I was young and, and it was really fun. So they, they helped me come up with the, with the name of Uranium, actually. Uh, it, it, was, it was a brilliant name. Smart, smartly done. And then the... It, it, it coincided so beautifully that those little cameras had just really hit the market. Mm-hmm. So they've never really been used in in episodes for television of any in any capacity. And and that was kind of the style of a couple of the shows on Heavy that they were um, streaming at the time. Mm-hmm. So they were they also said you know take this little camera and you could use it as a point of view kind of thing. And me and my producer were like fuck yeah. And then we created the format from it was there. A neat, it was a neat style. It was a cool show. Yeah, it was a good look. And also, I like the way you would just interview, like, especially your intros. You'd be like, I'm here with fucking Metallica. And Metallica's like, that's the best intro we've ever heard. Like, I remember them saying that. And I was like, it kind of is the best intro ever, you know? You know what it is? I was young and it was it was real. Like, it wasn't wasn't contrived and I wasn't really cursing to make um, a statement. It was just how I talked with my friends and in my lifestyle. And 
when I got excited, that's just how it went. So I think that's why it went over. It wasn't if I did uranium right now, it would it would be a very different energy. It would still be awesome, but it wouldn't be a nineteen year old chick just being like, "Fuck yes, but that's metal, sort of what was, yes, <laughs> I love this, yes." That's what was awesome about it, though, because that's yeah. like I would have introed Metallica that way. Like, how else would you intro fucking Metallica? Them? You know what I'm and saying? And I think they appreciated that too. They're like, "Thank you, somebody." Like, you know, <laughs> finally, somebody. You know, but you had this great style, and this is another one of my favorite stories from you is. Uh, where you really took charge is with System of a Down. Like they pissed me off. Well, if you've seen the footage, and there's a, there's a lot of footage, right? I mean, we we both have interviewed them, and I mean, Serge is awesome. Mm-hmm. But and uh, Shaba I've interviewed, and he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like all together, they oh, yes, it was Not very so interesting. And you called him out. Well. We had, you know, we're at this hotel room that's costing us a fortune to rent for this interview. Um, there's a crew that's worth $10,000 on the floor. There's a, three producers. There's two camera guys. There's the sound guy. You know what I mean? There's me. Whoever the, whoever the fuck else is there. And I'm sitting there. I'm interviewing this band and I'm asking them legit questions. Some bands I would, you know, like fuck with. But, like, I'm asking them legit questions. And, and um, Dan's just sitting there and he's just like, horse vagina. Or some other random thing. And I'm like, dude, do you have to, like, at some point, I was just, like, totally not responding to the interview whatsoever. And, like, I'm looking at my crew, and they look as annoyed as I feel. So it's not just me having some weird ego trip. So I had to be like, yo, guys, like, if you don't want to fucking be here, you're a famous band. You don't need to be here. But this shit is costing us a lot of money. So if you don't want to be here, we could all fucking go. Like... (laughs) Fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you're disrespecting all these people, you know? And then their um, PR person was like, no, no, no. Everything's cool. Guys, to blah, blah. And then it went fine. And then after the interview was over, I was pissing there like, hey, man, you want to go smoke some weed? I'm like, no, motherfucker. I don't want to smoke <laughs> weed with you. <laughs> you just, like, gave me such a hard time. <laughs> Ass. Uh, you're like, what I are don't... you, like, in eighth grade? Is that your way of showing me you like me or something? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> You. Look, I have a pot leaf tattoo, and I would love to smoke weed, but not right now. <laughs> not with you. Exactly. Do you know how hard it is for me to turn down weed? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 420. It's 420! It I totally forgot. I totally... Isn't that terrible? I forgot because I smoked this morning. It is It is terrible, and I'm going to... I'm going to can we get high times on the phone? <clears throat> Do we have the high times hotline? <laughs> so we can call them up and be like, you realize, Julia? Wait a minute. To all you green lovers out there. Hello. Not only are you an avid cannabis aficionado, you've judged competitions. The cannabis cup, yes. Yes. Once. Once Julia was the can was a judge on the cannabis cup. Like you can treat weed like wine. Yes. That's I probably a- know more about weed than wine. That's amazing to me. Well, the Cannabis Cup, I saw footage of it this year when it, like, got busted or whatever. They were making everyone, like, dump everything out. Well, shit is crazy there now because they're not, you know, they're making it only for locals, you know. Is it in California? It's in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Oh, Amsterdam. It's basically, um, uh, it's around Thanksgiving every year. And it's a competition of all the growing houses in Europe, you know, where, where they submit their strains. And you compete on, and there's a, you know, you guys judged by, it's actually very, very legit. And just like any herb or spice or food, it gets judged on a bunch of levels, you know, it's flavor and whatever, whatever. There's a whole, there's a whole listing category and judges have to spend a certain amount of time there. You can only try one strain a day, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but now it's all, when I was there, it was unbelievable. You know what I mean? I would walk into, you know, coffee shops and there would just be binders, binders with little pockets of stuff. And it was just unreal. And, and the cup was, you're just walking around and people are like brownies, edibles, cakes, this food, pasta, all with trees. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm 20 years old. Like I had just broken up with my boyfriend of like nine years and my friend um, from High Times, the editor there, you know, he was just Bobby Black. He was like, yo, girl, you need to get your head off shit. Let's go to Amsterdam. I'm going to get you on the board to judge the cup. And I was like, cool. And it was just the most amazing 10 yeah, days of my I life. I broke up with somebody. They just said, my buddies just get me drunk. That's... Well, I mean, I paid, that's quite a gift. I paid my way, but that was quite a gift because I was like, I was kind of a mess, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this was like the kind of friend that I knew, like we're friends. Like, no, he's not trying to be, he's not yes. trying to be a douche, you know what I mean? So we had a great time. It was an unbelievable experience. I remember just walking down the street with pockets full of like Can't. yummy goodness and just being <laughs> you, like, you, you told, you told me they. I remember asking you about it, and you were like, "Yeah, they handed me a joint," and you could, I mean, you. It was like being a wine frisure. You were sitting there. You, you said you would smell and go, Brooklyn. Northern yeah, Lights. Like, yeah, like dry, dry puff it, yeah. 14th generation. <laughs> I think Owsley was involved even though he did acid, you know? Like, like literally, like that's how good your palate is. Is it still? Um, it's not as intense anymore. I don't, I, I mean, I will, I'm always... You know, going to be a promoter of the sweet leaf, and I will always be. I will. My love affair with the sweet leaf will never end. Um, yeah. Do I, you know, get into all the genres of it as crazily as I did before? Not really, but I'm still quite aware of what's about going it? on. Are you like, like staunchly promoting legalization? Um, I'm supportive of it, but I'm not an aggressive promoter. Okay. I'm just, you know, because I like to do my. Own. I don't. I don't like to be part of any organizations. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting when when it does get legalized. Everyone's like, "Yeah, it's legal." Then the government goes, "And now we're going to tax it." Watch this shit. I'm (laughs) sure at some point. You know, that's just smart. There was a story last week that said basically, if pot was legalized, the deficit would go away. (laughs) It would just be gone. I mean, dude, it's it's true. I mean. It's such an old argument, but it's like dude, nobody's getting aggressive on pot. You know what I mean? Nobody's nobody's killing kids with their cars, and nobody—it's true. It's true. You, I mean, not that I'm saying you should legalize illegalize alcohol. Not that that would ever happen, and I would lose my mind. Um, <laughs> but like, alcohol is so evil for so many people. I have never met a person that pot's been evil for. I've never seen anybody. I mean, unless you're an LSD and then you smoke some pot. Well, you've never seen you've never seen the aggro pothead. No. No, never. I, it's totally it's got to be more like, like pass the dupe, man. Come on. <laughs> it's got to be just like pharmaceutical companies would lose so much money oh, yeah. cuz people would just smoke weed for pain relief and they w- wouldn't be able to market all these drugs or for stress or i for think anything, that that's it anxiety, for sure like yeah. the government and the pharmaceutical companies and all that yeah stuff. because isn't i mean is is there a disease that pot doesn't help you know what i mean like if you're it, it helps pain manipulation it helps you know calm you narcolepsy. down narcolepsy it Nar- probably wouldn't help. <laughs> <laughs> that's he's that's he's really not waking funny. up he's not really waking funny. up at all yeah something's happened <laughs> he's in hibernation guys yeah. that's what it's called my yeah. god he fell asleep on the bong <laughs> but that's the only thing i could think of that it wouldn't help they even uh i read a study also that said that 
there's no proof that it could cause lung cancer because there's no tar or nicotine or anything. You know what I mean? There's, well, it's, it's definitely very, less toxic for the body than alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to go by that. Way less toxic than cigarettes. It's like, your vapor's good for you. Yeah. Paper is good. It's inhalable. Yeah, yeah. Professionalism is coming out. Yeah. I have to be unprofessional right now because I have to go pee. <laughs> because I've been drinking nothing but water. Are you kidding? You talk about professionalism. I'm talking about freaking pot over here and, you know. That's professional because you're a professional pot smoker. Oh, you, you judged a competition. Yeah. Is there anything more professional? But it, the footage this year is crazy because they like have a huge grinder like as big as that chair and everyone has to like is dumping their stuff in and grinding and like rolling these huge like joints enormous joints because they have to smoke it and they can't bring it outside wow i also saw them have when i was there they had a you know the volcano vaporizer they had a giant volcano vaporizer it was uh kind of like the diameter of that seat but the but the pouch was as high as like to the ceiling and there was just a bunch of people and there were tubes coming from it and you just hit it wow but when you judge do you try i mean is it more like you're smelling the the you're trying everything or like because that would seriously impair like (laughs) no well you know, when you're seriously judging, you decide that you're going to try your shit probably in the first half of the day. You give one day to each strain. In the evening, you go out, you do whatever it is that you do. But, you know, you give a few hours a day to you have to like there's all these parameters that you have to check it on before you even smoke it. Like the way it's, you know, texture, smell. There's like they give you magnifying glasses to check for crystallization, um, the kind of hairs that are on it. It's crazy. Like there's a full on two page list of things that you have to rank it on. So you could only do one a day. And then you, you know, then you smoke and you rate the high and whatever else. But, it, it, you know, or you, right. And in the evening, you kind of do whatever you do. You know what I mean? And you're in Amsterdam, you're going to go. But I definitely, you definitely judge it. They space it out. Yeah. I was just, I I could just see being like, now I will try this one. Or like, you know, then they have the pasta. Well, we had like a preface, we had a preface meeting. You can't spit it out like wine, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's not like, right, yeah. Just getting Uh, the flavor, you know, you're not like just puffing it. Only when you're dry, dry puffing it, you Uh. get the flavor. But um, that doesn't really do anything for your high. But um, we had like a preface meeting. You know, like the the people who run it, you know, got all the judges together and gave out our samples of the strains, gave out our, you know, rating sheets, gave us magnifying glasses, gave us all the tools, the papers, the pipe, everything, all brand new. And we're just like, please, guys, we really want to judge this properly. This is how you do it. Give it that much time a day, like full on, like legit. And they take it, you know, they take it very seriously over there. That's a legitimate, you know. I mean, coffee houses are a legitimate, you know, business there. So it's very, it's taken very seriously. It's not like, (laughs) yeah, man. It's like, no, like this is, we're proud of this, you know? It would be funny if they had a similar like contest for uh, like tequila. Okay, we're going to do one a day. I want you to drink until you get drunk and then you rate the buzz. (laughs) Okay, this was a little less violent than, than, uh. It would be like people punching each other. (laughs) It makes people really weird. (laughs) Because it's not like a full depressant. It's like some sort of, it's got, it's like a stimulant booze. So it's like a little, it's why everybody gets different on tequila. It's like speedball booze. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Whenever I drink tequila, I end up talking to myself in the mirror. Like giving myself <laughs> weird pep talks. <laughs> oh, that's so funny what you just said about Steven. <laughs> we were just talking about tequila. That's all you missed. Here's my thing about tequila. I, I was at a party once. I've been to several parties. This one in particular. Uh, I was living in California and... This guy said, hey, we're going to go to this party. It's this photographer. So we showed up at the party. And I was voted designated driver that night, and which ruined my life. 
the party was everybody who went to the party was to dress up like the guy having the party and he was this just weird like uh photographer guy with like leather vest long hair beard and his house had all these crazy pictures everywhere so everyone's drinking and, and having fun i'm like this sucks like this would be much more fun if i was drinking I had to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. His bathroom was covered in photos of people reenacting suicides, which made it very hard to pee. <laughs> so I'm just like, ah, oh, oh, guillotine. What the fuck? How do you kill yourself with that? It was very <laughs> odd. Um, so then I came out of the bathroom and, and I was like, I'm just going to have one drink. It'll be fine. And we were, someone grabbed this bottle of tequila, didn't recognize the label or anything, pour it out, and there was a worm in it. So, oh, yeah. And I was like, Oh, dude, let's. I'll, I'll eat the worm. Who want, let's let's eat the worm. And my other friends were like, "No, we won't eat the worm." So we rock paper scissored the worm <laughs> because we were grown ups. I won, drank the tequila, chewed it up, and I went. We now have to stay for another hour and a half because I'm completely rocked. <laughs> it's like I don't know what just happened with the worm. But then I hear years later it's, that with tequila, yeah. the worm is just bullshit like that's yeah, not even a thing it's bs you know that's so, what i heard so too. you I never ate it are very stupid <laughs> <laughs> bought right into that i was gonna say that you might have an allergy to worms i was gonna be nice i might have an allergy to worms. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go to the allergist like what do you think you're allergic to worms earthworms worms <laughs> full of tequila <laughs> worms stop so is that i mean what's the history of that do they just the worm and the tequila? Yeah, how is that a selling point? I thought it was if the worm didn't die, it was really awesome. I don't know. I have no idea. So if the worm is alive, tequila. squirming around, drink that shit. The tequila is awesome. I'm, yeah, I think that's what it was. Wait, explain that to me again. I'm, I'm fully making it up as I go along. I think <laughs> I'm not, that, I'm not 100% um, on board with it. Yeah, I think that in the old days, uh, worms <laughs> were used days. to judge the flavor of the alcohol by m- the movement Check this, uh, Brad. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. That's hilarious. Like if the worm did one of these sort of things, like... Oh, yeah, well, wiggle, dude. Mi- it's like it's awesome. And then if it, 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 the longer it took to die, the better your tequila was. And then you had to eat it. It was just like, like good luck to eat it. Wow. Yeah. Well, then I'm lucky as all get out. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Damn. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. It's a gimmick. It's a yeah, gimmick. It's a gimmick. Yeah. Marvel yeah. form of the moth... Hypopta agavis, which lives on the oh, it's Hypopta agavis. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was pretty sure. Does it have the rest of the genus in there? Because I like to do some more it's research. It's a big fat myth. It's only in. Uh... It's a big fat moth. What? <laughs> oh, it's a moth myth. <laughs> <laughs> See, I could just start. I could just say moth man, and I can watch. You know, Mike and Jonah freak out because you guys love that kind of. Show. Well, uh, yes, we can start talking about. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go. I'm not going to go there. It's actually mescal that has the the worm in it. Oh, which I guess is not a true tequila. No, they're saying it's very a what? interesting. Mescal. What's mescal? It's like tequila. But yeah, it's similar, but it's I think like it's made from agave. Yeah, it's yeah it's sweeter. Of, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I've had it. You probably I've had, had it. it. You probably had it. Are they like pumping carbon monoxide into this room? <laughs> like I feel so weird, <laughs> like, lightheaded, and like Jeez, I, I think it's the that. coffee because yeah. I feel really I, yeah. Did and you also, guys, Stephen just mentioned. Did you guys get it from coffee? the place up on the corner? It's, yeah, the coffee's really strong. Yeah, yeah. What? I'm weird. so going there. Exactly. Yeah. These guys are yeah. like buzzing over yeah, here. Yeah, that coffee will yeah. yeah get you messed up. My ice chai, 
No, we're that's... drinking. I was. I just got like. I'm just drinking it black because that's what I do. Like your men. <laughs> like my. Like I like my my dudes. And, uh, it's serious. Yeah. You know what's crazy is uh, I did jury duty once when I first started working at Alternative Press for 20 days in a row, and it was a case where a woman was getting carbon monoxide pumped into her hotel room at a Holiday Inn from the heating system, and she like was found like foaming at the mouth, and what? they had to. And she settled. I can talk about it now. I can talk about it when I was on it. Uh, she settled for a million dollars and it was like the biggest settlement. And then she decided she wanted more money. So the case, I was an alternate juror, so I didn't get to even decide anything, but I had to go every day. It sucked. Uh, <laughs> but she was suing her lawyers to prove they didn't get her enough money. So then she had to prove the whole case, too, to prove that her lawyers could have gotten more money. So it was like she had to do everything she went through her lawyers and then like neuropsychologists, like life care planners, like have her husband come in and talk about how it affected their sex life. Like, it was crazy. Do you know what foaming at the mouth is like during sex? <laughs> Dude, and it's the- awesome. <laughs> I became friends with I him. imagine that's kind of hot, actually. She, lo- she didn't get anything. Like, she, like, the case, like, they were like, you didn't prove that you could have gotten more money. So she must have spent, like, 300 grand on lawyers. She spent millions to get like, the lawyers to get And all these experts millions. had to fly in and, like, they get paid was crazy so she spent the million dollars that she had won on the Possibly. rest of those what dudes. a greedy bitch yeah i'd go wow. travel the world for half a year right oh yeah be invest gone. in a house and put the rest in a savings account i used yeah. to have, i had a car that used to poison me like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad Sometimes you could see that car amazing. yeah <laughs> i'd have to stick i'd literally stick my i stick my head out the window sometimes because i'd be getting so high wow. <laughs> Was <laughs> it a really awesome car that you just couldn't live without? It was like a seventy. No, I had no money. It was in college. It was like a, it was like a seventy-one Nomad wagon, Chevy Nomad wagon. I have no idea what that would look like. It was just a. Did big it have wood paneling on the dirty, side? No, it was just a big white. It looked like total ghetto. I, bu- I bought it in the ghetto, actually. And that's why they started to poison you. <laughs> white man, huh? We'll do it one white man at a time. Nice. We got a lot of cars. <laughs> The, the police actually took it away from me. The police took it away? Yeah. They stopped was, me because... Was the, it wanted? Somebody had smashed the windshield. cars killed 30 white men. Like and Christine. I kept driving it. Would someone smash the windshield and he kept driving it? Somebody, actually a friend of mine, smashed the windshield one night. It's when a it good was friend. in front of his house. And um, I just kept driving it and the police pulled me over and was like... And they were just like... This is completely unsafe. <laughs> and it, you know, it, it had no muffler. I mean, it was a piece of crap. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's an amazing visual. They, they might have saved my life. <laughs> I like watching you start shit. Remember Bonnaroo? That was you were not happy to be there in general. We oh, both weren't super psyched. You've, been, you've done Bonnaroo, right? Uh-huh. Fucking hippie piece of shit. And, you're, and uh-huh. here's the thing about Bonnaroo. <clears throat> and this is what angers me about Bonnaroo. Well, he got... <laughs> I had to spend a lot of time really, like, we were talking each other down a lot. Like, there was a lot of... Well, go ahead. We were in the field producing stuff. I've never seen Mike almost take a swing at somebody. I, I, we had to have a camera guy jump between Mike and I <laughs> and, like, a crowd of... of, um, of What's his face? Dave Matthews Band. No, keep going. <laughs> Jack Johnson fans. <laughs> okay. It's funny because nobody really pisses me off except... <laughs> well, what happened? No. They, this this guy just got really aggro and kind of like like was making was like lunging toward our makeup artist who is I guess Jeannie. I don't know if you've worked oh, with her yep, there. Of course, I love Jeannie. She's the oh, sweetest person sweetest in the world. And then then Mike and I are like, oh no, that's not happening. 
And Mike like picks up this clipboard of notes and he's like, getting ready. "I'll bitch slap you with this." <laughs> you know, clipboard. it just would have been funny. I think I actually threw a walkie-talkie. Like I hated the walkies. <laughs> to, you, they had to make they made us carry walkie-talkies. Yep, I, know I don't about like it. wearing heads. Like I just like ah. And then I was like, you know what this would be good for? That guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> this would be awesome right in your face. Yeah. Well, the, the, the exposition behind it is you're at this festival, which is all hippies who I loathe because <laughs> it's their music does nothing for anyone. And if you're if it's not 1969 and you're a hippie, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't understand it. And Bonnaroo is this festival that takes place on a cattle farm. So the more people walk around there, you're... They're just you're just walking in shit. It's a farm for the rest of the year until you have this festival. So everyone's wearing rubber boots. Everyone's you know all you know freaked out and you know. You know I got like a foot thing. You did. No, I mean no, not on me. God no, I'm saying like like I hate dirty feet like that. Dude, it was like out. hobbits. Everybody was. It was like Middle Earth <laughs> Hobbit feet like everywhere. I, I'm yeah. like I, I like I'm one of those people that loves women's feet, and while I don't have a thing for men's feet, they have to be fucking clean and like taken care of. So seeing all these people walking barefoot into porter potties, oh, oh. I just I was you know I um <laughs> I uh oh. I, I uh. Did that make me happy? Our, our fun porter potty experience at Bonnaroo was we were interviewing MGMT, and they came over to do oh, the like interview fucking, uh. and, and, you know, shook Mike's hand and then said to me, uh, yeah, I just came out of the porter potty. They didn't have any, like, Purell or anything. And Mike just shook his hand, and Mike just goes, Dude, <laughs> holds like, his hand up and goes, a, fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> a, fuck you guys. It's 100 degrees, and you're wearing scarves. And B, <laughs> fuck you guys, because you just shook my hand. I'm already germaphobe, too, so I'm like, great. Now I have a shitty Oh, man, germaphobe <laughs> at Bonnaroo oh, is a bad scene. I think that porta is the inspiration for the last record. It sounded like a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> We've done Bonnaroo Boom. together. We did do Bonnaroo together. Once. Once. Yeah, the last time I was there. Um, That's correct. Was that when Metallica played? That was when we were there. That was when we were there. No. Remember, we shot that. We we oh, shot we bootlegged it. I still have it. Yeah. Hmm. We, hmm. we were, like Bonnaroo, like was terrible, and then Metallica came and like, well, let's fucking go out and see if they play anything off Saint Anger and ruin our day. Dude. And they came out and did Creeping Death, Ride the Lightning, For Whom the Bell Tolls in a Row. And then we just left and went, we're good. <laughs> I literally, I think I almost cried. Like, I was like, it's that good. I, we, we got to stand in the press, you know, we were in like the press pit area where we were allowed the first three songs. And we, Steven had a little camera there. And we were just both looking at each other like, dude, they're all, they, were, they just blew us away. Like, I didn't, wouldn't know what to expect either. And also he's seeing an, uh, James Hetfield coming out to a crowd at Bonnaroo to play Creeping Death going, come on, everybody. Die! <laughs> Die! Yeah. Die. It, it was like, pretty awesome. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Well played, Hetfield. Well they played. did a great. They were, they were amazing. Meta- I feel like we always end up talking about Metallica. <laughs> Do you think fucking Metallica? Wrong with that. Fucking, fucking Metallica. Metallica. Do you think Metallica could write another good record like do you think they have it in them because i feel like i just kind of stopped caring after the black album so i don't it's because my roommate was trying to tell me death magnetic was really good yesterday. everyone try, everyone everybody and like, then i listened to it and i was like eh. i mean i think i think they can but not of the type that you're talking about because it's just not it's a different time they're in a completely different time in their life their aggressions are in a different level and they're a different level of musician at this point so they can never write write the lightning again. right right they but can't I guess write I'm, master I, of puppets again but i mean do you like, I think they still write, like, uh, okay, St. Anger was a horrible abomination. Um, but, you know, the last album, um, yeah, like, it was it was pretty good, but it wasn't the Metallica that I know, you right. know? So that's, can they write a good record? Yeah, they can. Is it fucking Metallica? No, I don't think so. 
it's, Seth felt that way about the Black Album when it came out. And and when, when like, all of a sudden the Inner Sandman video happened, I was like, this well, is odd. It's hard to believe it's the same people. Like, I feel like you watch those old videos and you're like, I can't believe <clears> And that was the turning are. point. Like, yeah. the Black Album was the turning yeah. point. After that, like, it just shifted as something they became, like, they entered all together a different era in their life. And yeah. fucking Metallica became fucking something else. I mean, so. it would have been re- really interesting to see what would have happened if Cliff Burton had... If that hadn't happened and they'd continued with him, because I think he was like a big part of those early records mm-hmm. too. For oh sure. my god, yeah, like totally. I remember, you know, the first time seeing Cliff Amal in high school. It's awesome. And literally going, so awesome. Wait, that's for whom the bell tolls. That's the bass. I had totally. no idea. Completely. Like I just did not know. Like that's how good that totally. guy is. Yeah, he's awesome. We could do just an entire Metallica podcast. Yeah. It's also, well, I mean, guys like that, too. It's like they make you feel, as a musician, well, me in general, like I blow. Like when I watch them or when I've listened to them, you know, in the early, I was like, fuck. <laughs> suck. <laughs> and I still felt like that when I saw them. I was like, oh, man, I'm pretty good. Nope. Yeah, but I feel like Lars has, yeah. has uh, r- like, devolved as a drummer. Like, I think he used to be an awesome, awesome drummer. Like, I really like Injustice for all the drumming on that. It's like off time. It sounds great. And now he's just like. I just don't think he can pull it off, and I don't think he cares to pull it off. I think he just enjoys being Lars. I concur. Yes. Remember, we, didn't you? You and I interviewed them on Daily Download. Yes, we did. You remember what I said? No. This was awesome. <laughs> God, it always starts like this. Um, I said on camera, Lars, do you find it ironic you're being interviewed on a show called Daily Download? <laughs> That's right. And he went, no, why? And James Hadfield shot me this look, and I got so scared. <laughs> I was like, he's not above punching me. And then you jumped in and asked something like, so James. Thank like, oh God. That's an amazing question. It's like, I'm, glad, it's like, I'm so glad I did it, but I'm glad I didn't get my head taken off. Dude, that's exactly the right response. I'm so glad I did it. Good thing I'm still here. Because that's his, he's a, an intimidating looking guy. Hadfield? Yeah. Yeah, dude, he's a big dude. And now he's like all Christian straight edge and the worst kind of straight edge. <laughs> straight edge in general bothers me. That's what? I think that's me vibrating. Maybe it's you vibrating. Maybe we're all oh, vibrating. Going, uh, aren't you supposed to be here? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're in the edit. Where are you? <laughs> Sorry. We'll edit no, that part. I, I want to end with um, you're hosting Top 20 on Fuse. I am. And you've been doing that for a while now. Uh-huh. And you digging it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it's nothing. It's, it's none of the music that I associate with you, but you do like to dance, and you have surprising tastes. It's not the music that I like for sure, but I love working with Allison. And while I don't dig most of the music that we play, I've definitely discovered some stuff that I would never have discovered otherwise that I am into. And since I've gotten older, besides metal, I do try to listen to other things for different moods and try to open myself up to that. So. That show has helped me open myself up to that. And, you know, being on Fuse helps me be involved in all my other stuff, like hosting The Mm -hmm. Rock, you know, concerts, like going out on Mayhem and creating web content for them. And so so one feeds the other, you know? I just saw that Mayhem's going to do a a cruise. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's really, really bizarre. I'm a little nervous about all the drunk people yeah. falling overboard. I don't, I don't understand. Is that the thing to do now? Do cruise? I don't I mean, understand. Yeah, I, I don't really know the details was... of it. But I mean, I, I think the idea is cool. Yeah, but I feel like cruises are for like chill bands. Like, yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. I'm going now, in the like, middle of the ocean with like metal my bands. My friend Dan went <laughs> on Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. There's like a Motley cruise. Yeah. And my friend Dan went on it and said it was like 
horrifying. How did Tommy Lee get the roller coaster on the <laughs> I cruise have no ship? idea. How did Tommy Lee not capsize the boat with his so how long, penis? <laughs> the Motley Cruise, it's like, but it's like five hours, right? They just no, I think no, it's, it's like, like a, a week or it's something. It's a week, <gasps> yeah. And really? there's other bands. The bands like, I heard like, about there's like too. ten bands or something. I don't know, man. That's Everyone a bit too intense. Too. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of drinking, vomiting, fucking, and possible arrests that are being held within the ship. Yeah. All uh, international waters. There's no. There's Tommy's no got one of those butcher shop <laughs> taking number spinning things where it's like thirty six now serving. <laughs> and girl comes in. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Tommy's not looking so good these days. <clears throat> Tommy's, you know, he's aging. He should let himself. No, age. he kind of looks like sick. He looks bad. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked close. Now there's like a picture of their, you know, of their towards. It's them with um. Oh fuck, who are they? He's with? way oversexed, is what his Kiss. problem is. Yeah, he's yeah. Had too much sex. Yeah, so like, and he, it's like all of them standing, and I'm just like, oh man, Tommy. He, he's had so much sex. It's now just it's now just taking life force. It's just dra- it actually just drained, drained his him, life force. Right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what he looks like. He looks kind of like because you have to repair a little bit. Like you're supposed to like rebuild. Yeah, you know, he doesn't. It's just yeah. Right. Do they still make Mick Mars play with him? Yeah. Is he still like? I feel like just let that guy like yeah. leave him alone. <laughs> but they have like a bracelet. <laughs> So he can that holds him up and yeah, goes around him. So he stands in one place. Yeah. He's he's, <laughs> he's also of, like the least. Rec- I mean, I think he's an awesome guitar yeah, player. Yeah, but it's the least recognizable band. I feel like if you have Vince Neil and Tommy and Nikki Six, you could have some guy on guitar. Yeah, and just I put like a hair most over people it, yeah. wouldn't really care. But he's like hurting. Like you should not. Yeah, probably t- make no, him, totally, totally. Yeah. Unless he was into it, but. You know, they're just forcing him. You go out on stage. You play girls, girls, girls. (laughs) Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Again. (laughs) Just wheel him out. Yeah, that's what they do. My bones have all fused. (laughs) 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 He's like, I am one giant bone right now. Oh, come on. If old blues musicians can keep doing it, why can't, you know. Nick Morris? Yeah. Yeah, but all those blues musicians are just doing it to, you know, pay for all the kids they've had over the years. Yeah, I bet he'd want to die on stage, though. He croaks. That's the place to go. Yeah, that's true, though. That's true. I missed seeing a guy die on stage by a week. Uh, remember the band? Remember, <laughs> okay. okay. And a continent. Yeah. Uh, and that note. Remember the band Beat Farmers? Remember that? Yeah. I, Handsome so, Dick. Yeah, right? He died a week later uh, after I saw him. Yeah, Country Dick. Country Dick. Country Dick was this, was this drummer. What happened? Sorry, Dick. He, did, he was playing and had a heart attack and playing drums oh, and right. his head hit the snare. What, I and you had seen? Laugh. I saw him a week before. <laughs> oh. No, you shouldn't laugh. That's a badass so way to go for yeah. a musician. Either yes. that or banging. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. Banging on your drums or banging some chick, right? Come on. Yeah, yeah I just feel no, bad for the chick. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. I'd feel bad if I was that no, chick. That would be, that'd be awesome. terrible. Yeah, that'd be oh, man. Fine. You know, I never thought about it. Like, <laughs> what a complex on a bunch of levels. <laughs> like, you kind of, yeah. So you're doing top 20, uh, you're doing mayhem. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble for this podcast. Let's just know it. Yeah. I'm editing out half of it. Um, uh, uh, it's going to be like, this is Julia. We'll see you next week. Uh, <laughs> um, Metallica. <laughs> fucking Metallica. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> like the whole story. I just told about a guy dying. Think that's going to make it? No. Uh, when, when's Mayhem start up? Um, Mayhem starts up, I believe, on June 29th. I'm getting out there on the 28th and going on the road with them through the 5th. Mm-hmm. And um, interviewing all the bands, amazing lineup this year. Um, Slayers on, Motorheads on, Anthrax is on. Jesus, I feel like I'm forgetting some. Wait, else. are they all doing the cruise? That's going to be the cruise. No, the cruise or... is next year. Oh, that's next year. This year is just you know it starts out in Cali. Um, I'm have to go to that. So I, I know I'm missing a bunch of amazing bands in Space Cali. Which 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 Anthrax lineup is it? I don't know. It's I don't know. Joey. I saw, I saw I saw I think it's a. 
Joey Belladonna. Okay. Right on. <clears throat> I love that Joey's one. Joey's awesome. Yes. He's badass. So now do you produce that yourself? Do you do that? You yes. have a team? That's so basically, great. well, they give me an editor and, um, you know, I shoot and he shoots. And, you know, I whatever. I write the questions, I get the interviews, yeah, and then yeah. I tell them how to cut them down. That's awesome. Good for you. I did it once before. Um, not the summer, but the summer before that. But I went out <clears> for three weeks with them. And it was really cool, but three weeks for me is a long time to be, like... Three weeks on a bus. I'm just not. I can't do it. I'm just not. I'm not that into it. How I'm long like, do we do warped on a bus? Three days. <laughs> well, I can't. Like, I done. can't physically do it. Yeah. Well, it's just for a check. First of all, you know, just walking every morning to wherever the bathrooms are and showering, and then like being in the little like bathroom on the bus and doing your hair and makeup. It just gets old. You know what I mean? I'm not here complaining. I had a I fucking so blast. You, you know? <laughs> no, but it just it just gets old. You know, there's just a lot into as a female, especially a female on camera, there's a lot more that goes into maintenance. Well you you are a little more um particular about your appearance Indeed. yourself. And I'm not sliding other, you know, hosts or hostesses, you know, because they have the makeup artist and do it, but you know what you want. You are very particular. And you also, things have to be very symmetrical, if I remember correctly. Yes, I'm kind of OCD like that. Like, you'll be like, move this. Julia just twitched. Yeah, like, I like <laughs> things to be aligned properly. Like, if I'm somewhere else and it's somebody else's space, I'm completely able to disconnect from that. Um, but, like, in my house, everything is, you know, very neat and perpendicular. Like, if things are on a table, they're perpendicular to the corners. I don't really like circles. I prefer, I prefer, I feel more comfortable in corners. How do you um, feel about wheels in general, modes of transportation? No, I feel fine about wheels, but I mean, like, objects. Like, I, I wouldn't have, like, a circular <laughs> table or something, you know what I mean? Because mm. there's no edge. If there's no edge, then how do we... So how do you, how do you eat? line it up? How do I line if it up? If you have a round house. <laughs> had we known this earlier, this interview would have been awesome. We would have just continued on bothering you with the oh OCD situation. I'm going to hold up a quarter and you'll freak out. No, it's, it's not like that. It's more of ugh, whatever. I'm always fixing shit, though. I know what you mean. I'm always fixing shit, too. But it could be circular like this and see how I match it up to that corner. That's, but yeah, that I would try. Matter. Like I do that. I do that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, clothes and makeup, like uh, things have to match and things have to be symmetrical and things that you know a girl has to take care of her shit like my nails have to always be done and my hair has to always be done and no matter how many fucks or shits i say you know like i'm still a chick so <laughs> tour bus for three why you ended that with fucks or shits i say so it's like no matter no, no, no matter how many fucks or shits everything's got to be done right that's what i'm saying it's like she split the verb up uh. <laughs> just create my own situations right on so things are well, good things are good i have a lovely apartment where I'm happy versus apartment. Still got your animals? Yeah, I still got my dog and my cat. Gave away the big fluffy cat. I don't know if you ever met him. No. He peed on all my stuff and he had to go. Fuck that cat. Fuck that cat. <laughs> Did you at least pee symmetrically? Peed <laughs> <laughs> in circles. <laughs> circles, you have to out. go. You are out. Right on. Well, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. Did you, did you have fun? I've, obviously, I've been laughing the whole time. <laughs> good, good, good. Fucking Metallica. So uh, if you ever want to get in a fight with a mannequin, um, take some tips from Julia. Do not punch it so hard that the blood vessels in your hands burst. Just know, know when 
they've won. Yeah. No, <laughs> no when the mannequin because you're only going to just further further injure yourself. But I think it's cool that you told that story oh, because so I don't nice. know if I would. I'm so glad you told that yes, story. Yes, that's awesome. Well, with subtle prompting, it helps. Yes. Also, you think you're hardcore, you think you're metal. Julia was a ballroom dancer and proud. Yeah. She could still bust a move. I've danced with her. She's phenomenal. Really? Yeah, because I, I did the swing thing back when it was around the swingers era. Before the movie came out, I was living in L.A. I dated a swing dance instructor and learned, had a few moves. I have three. <laughs> but if you do them in succession, you can alter them and look pretty cool. Uh, so I was at some event and Julia and I were dancing. The thing with Julia, though, is when you do partnering type dancing, you're supposed to keep your, especially swing dancing, you're supposed to keep your elbow bent, right? That way you don't clear the fucking dance floor. Julia, of course, extend her arm all the way out, lift the other arm and just knock into people. <laughs> Which is that's called slam dancing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Please tune in next week to tune in. I did it again. There's no knob on your computer. Please click in next week to going off track. Um, we haven't said this in a while. Please check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash going off track. We have our own website, which I just mentioned. Twitter at going off track. You might find a theme here in the yes. name. And also, if you like it on iTunes, leave us a comment. Oh, yeah. That always helps. Some lovely reviews from people. Yes. Thank you for all the reviews also. Yes, please, please. We, we like them. And uh, spread the word because uh, we like doing this. We hope you like listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.